Hey everybody, bienvenidos, bienvenue, benvenuti, welcome and welcome to another episode of the Red Card Report podcast. This is episode number 56 and this is a special quarantine episode of the Red Card Report. Uh, we have we are in each of our respective houses right now. Rui's we're just recovering from not feeling so great. He's been locked in his room for a little bit. But uh, actually, Rui, how are you feeling right now? I am much better than I was uh, about a week, <laughs> about a week and a half ago, man. It was so it was bad. I feel like every time we go like on a little hiatus, it's because I'm always uh, sick, always coming down with something. Um, but it was uh, it was quite it was quite some week this past week. Yeah. So it feels great to to feel better. I can finally breathe much better. Um, <laughs> and uh, just it just feels great to just talk a little bit of calcio and and just shooting the shit with you it kind of sucks that we're not in the studio yeah, like i we know, usually man. do right um, yeah so it's it's not the same this is a little but, bit of a different setup but uh we'll uh we'll see how it works right yeah man so i, I was uh how's everything going on with you everything's uh, good i mean what can i say uh it's basically two things for me work and then home so i i, <laughs> I can't really complain at least i'm not locked in my room you know, so yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but I'm glad that you're doing better, really. Really, we uh, you're uh, we need you, need you. <laughs> don't stop. Well, I'm no here coffee. and I'm ready. Yeah, I know, right? Well, don't worry, I covered my I covered my cough, Joe. Oh, good, good. Well, that's a start. Anyone, shall we get right into it? Yes. All right. So we're not really going to be reporting on much much news per se, right, Rui? A lot of this stuff is um. I'm going to call it speculation for for the next season and other stuff like that. But one thing that I really that we are reporting right now or what we want to talk about, I should say, is the ramifications of all of this, the the whole situation, the shutdown, as I'm going to call it, and what effect that's going to have on the game itself so or specifically the transfer market Rui do you see this shutdown as being potentially harmful for clubs oh absolutely um I think uh it's going to take a toll on every single club whether you're big or small and the Juventus's, the Bayern Munich's uh into Milan's the Madrid's the Barcelona's of the world they're going to be fine even though they're still going to take a hit uh, but it's the teams that are really going to suffer the most are the ones that are on that FFP or oh, I guess Those, overwatch yeah, or sure, the, yeah. are the, the watch from the UEFA. It's teams like that. And also the smaller clubs, the, the clubs that are battling to stay uh, in their respective uh, first divisions or the teams that are trying to be promoted into into the next into the next division. Uh, you know, a, a team that really crosses my mind is uh, is Brescia. Uh, Brescia is a team that obviously they're going to be relegated, but everything that's happening with their star player, which I think we're going to be able, uh, that we're probably going to be touching up on in a little bit, uh, Sandro Tonali, his value might be going down. And this is a this is a club that really needs money in order to invest in, in younger players or in the club so they can at least make a try next year to come back into uh, Serie A because the way everything looks, it's more probable than not that they're going to be going down to uh, Serie B. So, and there's a lot of teams in the in the EPL. I mean, Aston Villa is a club in particular yeah. that are trying so hard to stay in the in the first division. It's so it's so crucial. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just really weird because no one's making any money. No one's spending any money. So everything is is literally at a standstill. But uh, kind of like with, with the stock market, things can only, it seems like it can only go down at this point right now. Um, actually, to, to kind of elaborate on what you were talking about earlier, Rui, the uh, International Center for Sports Studies released estimates saying that the value of players could be affected by as much as 28%. So do you see that hit in value affecting a lot of clubs? Yeah, especially clubs that are, are trying to to make sales on, on players. Uh, you know, obviously uh, Brescia, that's an example um, with Sandro Tonali. Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish has been absolutely fantastic. He's been their best player and and his value is going to go down. And this is a team, Aston Villa, especially the EPL is a little bit different than all the other leagues because there's just so much money put into this league that yeah. even like the smaller clubs like Aston Villa, um, they rely so it's so important to have as much cash flow as possible to, to, to basically survive. And not only is it just staying in the EPL, but it's also important to whether you say when you sell your young players or the players that you know they're going to be bought, you have to get the absolute maximum for them. And now with this, uh, w- with the coronavirus, we're not going to see as many transfers or as many uh, big names transfers or big spending purchases this uh, this coming transfer window. It's it's going to be a very very strange summer. So you don't think Real Madrid's going to be splashing the cash like they did this past summer? I think uh, I don't think it was really in their plans too. Uh, I'm sure that they are still capable of maybe purchasing one one person for maybe 60, 70 uh, million. But I don't think we're going to see too many sales beyond that because um, sure, Manchester United is one team, Chelsea's another, uh, Barcelona possibly, Real Madrid are definitely capable, but uh, of of splashing some cash, but. All these other teams, it's going to be really tough. Like a team like Juventus, I don't know. Maybe even Bayern Munich, it might be a little bit tough for them. So it it, it all really depends. But um, it, it doesn't ver- it doesn't look likely that we're going to see a lot of big spending uh, expenditures in uh, this coming window. Yeah, this is going to be a very very bizarre transfer window. And you know what? Another thought crossed my mind, Rui. A lot of uh, clubs have reached agreements with players for for not paying them. Um, paying their salaries during during this uh, what do you want to call it pandemic? Uh, do, what do you what do you make of that? Yeah, I think it's great for the um, for the players to do so. Um, I know Barcelona, Inter Milan, Atletico Madrid, uh, Juventus. I believe AC Milan as well. They've all and many other clubs. These are the ones that are off the top of my head. Um, they all agree to take pay cuts, uh, you know, 70 percent pay cuts for the remaining of the season because of this whole the whole pandemic, and that's going to be used to for the club to you know I guess invest and also pay uh, the staff that are, are currently out of work. So that's actually a really nice uh, a nice and kind gesture. So I, I think it's great that the players have um, have agreed to that to help out the club and help out the people that are are really in need so i think that that's great and i think all the other clubs uh should lead by uh lead from example uh should take um yeah, yeah. um that example and and continue with it now I, if i'm not mistaken i think that a few epl teams are not following that plan and yep. i think that that is because that they think 
the season is going to continue. Um, and uh, we're reporting this right now. Um, apparently, the EPL is aiming to start again by mid-May and finish <laughs> by mid-July. Uh, yep. Rui, why, why? First of all, why would they do that? Second of all, why would this? Why is this important? Well, they uh, the EPL and the whole board and the the English Football Federation. They all uh, got together earlier this week to have a meeting on this, and it's there's nothing really clear, but they are what has been reported is that they are aiming to start the season again in mid-May and finish hopefully in mid-July. Now, this is extremely crucial, and this is I, I know this sounds crazy. Obviously, the safety of the players and the staff and everyone that's involved in the football world should always come first. Right, but the the, the, what's so key to continue? Uh, why it's so key to continue with the season and try to finish it is well. One is obviously the integrity of the sport. You know, you want to have the the league the leagues to be finished, but also most importantly, the finances. The you know the, all the all these leagues and the clubs are getting paid billions and millions uh, of dollars or euros or pounds or whatever you want to put it for broadcasting, but, but not just domestically within their own country, but worldwide. So, and all, you know, if the season doesn't end, the broadcasters could get their money back, which could absolutely make the, the, I guess the economy of the, of the football world explode, or they don't have to pay off the remainder of, you know, their deals with all the leagues and all the clubs. Um, That's definitely something people don't take into account is the immense amount of money that's just in the broadcasting rights for the EPL. And it's not just, it's not just the EPL. It's also for the champions league. It's also for La Liga, it's Serie A. It's, it's everyone affects absolutely everyone, whether you're big or small. Um, And also um, the clubs are already losing out on, on ticket uh, prices, you know, the, the match day revenues, they're going to lose out on that already. And I think that's a hit that, basically every club is going to accept now they need this revenue from the broadcast uh from the broadcasting deals to happen they need this this uh stream of revenue to come into their club to pay their bills and continue to to invest because a lot of these clubs like as i mentioned before sure they need to pay off their bills um and and invest but also there are a lot of clubs that are just struggling to keep their head above water and i'm really 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 concerned about some of those small clubs and also what's going to happen to the promotions the relegations the champions and all the clubs that are competing for those uh european competition positions now crowning a champion is crucial but for all all like the positions that each league occupy for the uh, europa league or the champions league are just as crucial for all those clubs that are competing because it's extra revenue uh, for next season and it could be very detrimental to a lot of clubs if the season does not finish now obviously as i mentioned before the leagues aren't going to continue unless they have the consent of their governments so we shall see they're not going to just start it off and everyone is and while the pandemic is still going on they're going to have to um talk to the bodies of the uh the health organizations in each country and also the governments and all that stuff to make sure that it's completely safe for football to continue even if it has to be played behind closed doors obviously the the safety of the players are going to be number one but it's also very important for the season to uh to end if um if they are able to 
Yeah, so I, I guess the the short way of putting all this <laughs> is that we still have a very, very long way to go. And uh, not even the governing bodies know exactly what's going to happen. And uh, it's 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 going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle no matter how big a club you are uh, financial-wise, uh, is I, I guess how I'll put it. Uh, anyway, let's talk about something really concerning concerning i guess isn't the isn't the right word but uh certainly something that, yeah something that needs to get looked at is the, <laughs> the juventus midfield and it has been shit this season and i think that that's just me that's me being polite about it uh they certainly haven't clicked and it's not like we have horrible midfielders we have some decent midfielders uh but just have not clicked so that is going to be one of the focuses of this transfer market. Do we have any any thoughts on this, really? I know that it's different for me as a fan, but what do you have to say as a as a uh, calcio guru, I'll say? Well, I mean, this whole talk, there hasn't been this whole talk throughout the entire year with the possibility of Paul Pogba returning to Juventus. Um, I know that's been a dream signing for a lot of people. I want to say the majority of Juventini around the around the globe would love to have him back just to bring that little uh, that little pizzazz and flamboyant like style to the to the midfield, something more creative. Um, and I think that's something that that Juventus are missing because that midfield looks dead. Um, as you mentioned, there are some quality players. I, I really like Benton Kour, who's young, who still has a little bit more learning to do. You know, Pjanic has always been pretty reliable over the years. This year wasn't really his best one, but he, you know, he's still that solid playmaker, that that leader of the bunch. And then you just have this whole mesh of uh, Ramsey, Rabio, Matuidi, Kadira. It's just uh, for <laughs> Juventus. For a Juventus team, that's not really Juventus quality. I, I would say probably a Matuidi from two or three years ago would make more sense um, if you had another uh, reliable midfielder alongside Pjanic, someone that wasn't as young as Bentancourt. Uh, I think it would make sense to have a player like Matuidi, an absolute animal that just runs around the pitch all day and he can do that for 120 minutes and and more if possible. Um, but um I don't I don't mean to get carried away but Juventus seemed to have been a little stale in that position and I think that's where it's really hurt them uh the last couple of seasons but now with the whole coronavirus uh pandemic I think it's going to be very unlikely for Paul Pogba to return this year but there are some great alternatives with Sandro Tunali I think Tunali is the um, it should be a, a main target for Juventus because I think Juventus are the only Italian team that can really go out and make a a substantial bid for him. And I know that he's drawn attention from Liverpool and Manchester United, but we haven't really heard that much buzz from either of those two clubs. And then Donny van de Beek from uh, Ajax, uh, Castrovilli, and uh, Hossam Arouar from Lyon. I think these are all great selections. I think if uh, if Juventus are able to get at least two of these, I think Tunali should be the number one kid, and then yeah, one of definitely. the others. I think I think Juventus could be um, could be pretty pretty dangerous. Oh, dude, I would kill for Tunali and one of those other options. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that the likelihood that Paul Pogba comes back is low, um, especially. Yeah. <laughs> 
with the we'd have to give up a lot i think in order to get him back on the squad he makes a butt ton of money and and his fee is going to be substantial i don't i don't see manchester united letting go of him for less than a for less than what they bought him for yeah. because they, they paid a hundred million for him in 2016 this is 2016 this is prior to to the neymar purchase that overinflated the entire um the entire uh transfer values of players you know so if he was worth a hundred million then what is he worth now I know he hasn't been the best at Manchester United but we know that the talent is there so it has to be over a hundred million without a doubt so I I think that's going to be a little crazy but I like the options that that were just mentioned now I think uh, Tunali would be great for the future and I think the kid is really good he can really play that that deep lying midfield position and you know you you bring in a kid like Van de Beek or Castrovidi or or, or Jose Marouar I think these are three fantastic uh, midfielders outside of Tunali that can um, that can really uh, re reestablish that that Juventus midfield um, I, I don't know Joe what, what, what do you think I know I'm talking from the outside <laughs> The uh, I guess the yeah the outside of the Juventus world, but what do you what do you think? Well, who do you like um, out of all those players to join um, Juve? Out of all of those players, I hundred percent agree. Uh, Tonali is the guy. I mean, he's Italian, he's young, and he's good. So we gotta we gotta pick him up. We should really put all of um, all the effort into bringing him in. Um, and I don't know how much he's going to cost. Estimates have been around fifty million, and I I think that that's what Brescia even said um, at the at the beginning of the year. And um, hell, that's a that could be a bargain. We have no idea, but I say but I, just, I say pay it. And yeah, get I think. I think I think Juventus the way that they can negotiate, I think they can even get him for less, given the fact that Brescia are going to most likely be relegated, and they are also losing money from this whole pandemic. So, as you mentioned before, with players potentially um, uh, having their values lost by twenty eight percent or so, I think Juventus could possibly, if they were to make the pitch, I think they could probably um, get him for about forty million, which would be an absolute steal. Yeah, that's not out of the realm of possibility. But if we could get another one of those midfielders too, that would just be amazing. I personally, between Van de Beek or uh, I, I always screw this name up, Awar. Yeah. Um, either one of those guys. Honestly, we need one of we need a player who can play box to box and also has a little bit of that spark. And I think both of those players certainly have, have that capability. Maybe Van de Beek a little bit less. So I, I picture OR as being one of those, you know, further forward um, central mid central midfielders. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong, uh, but that's just what, from what I've noticed. Um, but if we could get one of those guys too, um, yeah. that would be, phenomenal honestly that would that would make our summer but uh who if you were building a team Rui who would you pick I think for sure if I were in Juve's position I think Tunali would be my number one um my number one target and I think I would probably replace him with Pjanic I think uh Tunali is uh is is pretty good as uh as 
a defense. I don't want to say it's a defender, but um, I think his defending abilities are are pretty decent for a midfielder for a number a true number six. Um, I think he's got like a little bit of a mixture of uh, of Gattuso and um, and 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 Pirlo. I think he's great with the long ball. I think he's great um, with vision. He's great on set pieces. And then when it comes to um, athleticism, I don't want to say he's an animal like Gattuso, but I think he's um, a little bit more athletic, a big, a bigger, stronger body than what Pirlo was. And I think he can, um, I think he can do pretty well as um, that deep lying midfielder that has that uh, those th- those defensive uh, tendencies and uh, attributes. Yeah. Anybody who you'd, who would you pair him with, or like who do you uh, think he would, he would be good alongside? Uh, I would say um, if. In like a three-man midfield, that's just how I, I I would do it. I, I would say uh, Tunali, uh, Awar, and and Bentancourt would be a great um, would be a great three. I think it, it would be a great young midfield, and they each are different. I think uh, Bentancourt can probably even play that box to box role. He's tough. He can defend. He's good with the ball. Um, Tunali can play that Pirlo position, and then Awar is just more of that pure playmaker um maybe that guy that can go up a little bit more forward at times because he's very good uh at creating getting forward and he's got a great uh a great curling shot so if he's in the right position he's not afraid to to place those shots from outside of the box all i know is that you got me a little bit excited about that even potentially happening really that that midfield oh chef's chef's kiss if it (laughs) if it actually happens Anyway, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, some other transfer rumors moving away from Juventus. Um, we got a couple of uh, of stuff under the spotlight right now. Uh, Jaden Sancho's future apparently is uh, is not set in stone at Borussia Dortmund. Any word on that, Rui? Yeah. So there's been a lot of uh, a lot of buzz throughout this season um, before the pandemic started. Uh, you know, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Manchester United were the, practically the three top teams interested in him. And uh, Liverpool just came out earlier this week that they were dropping out of the race, and I think they were going to lean their focus more on uh, Timo Werner. And now it's only going to leave Chelsea and Manchester United as the front runners. And uh, Borussia Dortmund, you know, they've done a fantastic job over the years, you know, making the sales on on top players like Dembele and. Um, and Obama Yang, they made a lot of money, so they're able to. Um, they're they're the ones that are going to make. It was not. I don't want to say that make this deal happen, but they're not going to sell him for less than what they've already planned to sell him. So sure, around 100, 110, 120 million euros is going to be the price tag. So as I mentioned before in the in the podcast, teams like Chelsea and Manchester United are basically a few of the teams in Europe right now that could actually splash that cash and, and, um, and make that purchase. And Borussia Dortmund are aware of that. So they're not going to uh, budge with the whole uh, loss of value in players because of the coronavirus. So they're not going to, it's not going to play a factor in the, in the price of sale. Yeah. And on Jaden Sancho's side, he, um, he does, he has indicated that he wants to play for a team in the, in the champions league, but it's not going to be the ultimate deciding factor. Obviously right now, Chelsea are in fourth place and Manchester United are in fifth, but since Manchester city are banned as of right now, (laughs) as of right now, and if it were to be upheld, 
Manchester United would be the team that would take that spot because they have the EPL have four spots, and since Manchester City would lose it, they're currently in second place. They will uh, it would pass down to the fifth place team, so it would be Manchester United. And if you know the whole thing gets uh, overturned, Manchester United, if they were win- if they were to win the Europa League like they did in tw- two thousand seventeen, they will also get a spot in the Champions League. Where do you where do you see him actually playing though? Really, like what, th- where would be a good place for Jaden Sancho to be? Now, um, I think Manchester United seems like the ideal place. I think Manchester United have become a much better team with uh, Bruno Fernandes now. I think he's really elevated that team's attack since his arrival. Uh, we've just seen it over the last month and a half of uh, Bruno Fernandes that he's just made an impact where Manchester United seem to have a different identity up front they look more convincing they can hold on to the ball and look like a legitimate team and just the impact of him just made uh, a player like Fred who was struggling to find his way at Manchester United actually look pretty good I, I think he's he, he's found that comfort zone with uh, Bruno Fernandes and the rest of the attack with Marshall um, uh, Daniel James and Rashford they all linked very well together, so they played very well. They've been playing very well when um, when Bruno Fernandes is on the pitch. So, and if if Paul Pogba stays, and now it's looking more likely that he will stay because of the whole coronavirus, I think with Paul Pogba in the midfield, and then when Scott McTominay comes back, and you have Bruno Fernandes, that's a great midfield, and then you have uh, a potentially uh, Jaden Sancho. Marcus Rashford and and Tony Marshall that that's a that's a hell of an attack right there alone and a great midfield and if Manchester United are able to get a solid center back to pair with Harry Maguire I think they could look really good next year yeah I mean that you could do worse I think that Jaden Sancho and Bruno Fernandes obviously I think both of those those two guys would be dynamite in that in that squad in general so yeah, I mean, Manchester it seems like a decent location for him. I, I don't see him going to Chelsea. But anyway, moving on to another sort of transfer rumor. I really like this one, by the way. This this makes me <laughs> laugh. Um, Griezmann and a Neymar swap. Barcelona and PSG doing business once again. Neymar. The prodigal son potentially returning to Barcelona. Rui, what do we make of this as it stands right now? Uh, I, I'm just so sick of Barcelona. <laughs> I laugh. I laugh when I see shit like this. This makes me because laugh. It, it's just like the, the purchases from Dembele, Griezmann, and Coutinho from the last three seasons has just been ridiculous. And they paid an astronomical amount for each of those. 100 plus for each of those and neither of them have found their way and Coutinho's been at Bayern Munich and he's been better off over there than he was at Barcelona and and also Neymar suing Barcelona like three times wanting to go back (laughs) and (laughs) and Barcelona actually wanting to bring a player like that back after they tried to sue millions from you and you want to bring a guy like that back I don't know this just I think this this whole thing just stinks. And whatever happened to Griezmann this year, he deserved it. A uh, couple of uh, what was it last 
no, it was two years ago. He said that he extended his contract with Atletico, and then he said, "Oh, I'm here to stay." And then the following year, twelve months later, he's has a stupid video out on Twitter saying that he wants to leave. You know, the same thing with Neymar. He wanted to leave so he can make a name somewhere else because he didn't want to ride in under um, uh, Messi's coattails. And now he wants back. It, it, Honestly, I, I don't even care at this point what happens, but um, <laughs> just um, <laughs> I, I was actually supposed to give like an actual analysis, but I'm like venting out my feelings towards uh, towards PSG. And oh, I love it. I, I'm oh, just it makes me it makes, it me, makes wonder, me laugh. What is going on? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I know you're holding your head, but like what? Why? <laughs> why? That's what I ask myself. What is the board thinking it does it doesn't make sense to me well but barcelona know that this is what messi wants uh you know messi his contract is up in in 2021 june of 2021 it's up so he's not going to be in a hurry to sign that thing unless if he gets what he wants and i know last last summer he was expecting neymar to be at barcelona because that's what he wanted so maybe he's holding off in barcelona at probably the worst time ever to do this trade they're going to try and get it done and barcelona now value griezmann at 88 pounds and psg value neymar at 135 pounds so Barcelona are either going to have to offer a couple of players or a very good player for this swap uh, alongside with Griezmann to, for this swap to happen, or they're going to have to dish out more cash for, for, for Neymar. And on top of that, you're going to have to uh, pay agent fees and an astronomical wage for him. And on top of that, Ter Stegen's contract is up in 2022, and he's already asking for a double, in, uh, a double salary increase. For his contract and it's coming up in yeah it's coming up in two years but that needs to be done and given the problems at barcelona that they've been having the last couple of seasons or so i don't know if ter Stegen's going to want to stay and that's the last thing that barcelona want to do is lose arguably the best goalkeeper in the world for nothing so you think that trying to reunite msn might not be worth it this time around at the moment, the, I, I guess it could be. It, it could be good. I mean, for the sake of Messi, if that's what's going to make Messi stay, then yes, then they should do this. So you but, think Messi need, Barcelona need Messi more than Messi needs Barcelona? I think so. At this point, I think they do because who else do they have? They have Suarez. That's all right. He obviously is still phenomenal, but he's been hurt this season. He's up in age. How many more years are you going to get out of him? They clearly uh, don't like Emily. Griezmann. Yeah, they clearly don't like Griezmann, which didn't make any sense getting this that purchase. So, uh, Dembele is always at, hurt. Yeah, Dembele is always hurt. Uh, Ansu Fati is a young player, so obviously you're gonna. He's only 17 years old. He's not going to be Lionel Messi. So it's it, it, it's it's a lot. There's a lot going on. And look at Coutinho. Coutinho's at, at Bayern Munich. And he's playing great, but when he was at Barcelona, he's not. He wasn't playing well, and they just have too many similar players like Coutinho and Griezmann. Like uh, they're two number tens, and it's proven that since Coutinho didn't work out well, what did they think was going to happen with Griezmann? Where were they going to put Griezmann in all this mix? <sighs> that's that's the eternal question, really. And I wish I could answer it, but I'm not a member of the Barcelona board, so. Uh... 
Sorry, I guess we're I both know. just left scratching our heads on this one. But let me let me ask you this question, really. What is the likelihood that this happens? And I want a percent. I want to say it's about 65% likely to happen. Oh, that's more than and I thought. It, the reason why I really think it's going to happen is because Barcelona are going to do whatever it takes to keep Lionel Messi happy and on the squad. So Messi, if Messi wants Neymar, they're going to have to go out and and make it happen or else it would be hard to see and hard to think that Messi would leave Barcelona because we all like have this perception of him that he's he's going to be there forever he, right. he won't he will never leave Barcelona because he doesn't know we, we don't know him anywhere else besides Barcelona he's been there since he was 12 years old so it would be very strange to see him play for someone else um, I think it's going to happen for those reasons now if Messi is going to give the club an opportunity and say, hey, listen, I'll stay regardless. Even if we don't get Neymar, I understand, but I still want to play for the club, then sure. That's Messi, an equal it, possibility, you think? I don't know if it's an equal possibility, but I think that would be a possibility on keeping Messi and not having Neymar on the team. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree there. But like with a lot of the stuff we mentioned before we need to wait and see and we'll we'll have plenty of waiting to do and uh a lot of sitting around at home uh, as what what everyone is going to be doing anyway Rui, do you have anything else that you you want to add no man uh i think uh i think that's pretty much it for me uh there's a lot of stuff going on uh hopefully uh this whole pandemic just clears up as soon as possible it's not even just for 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 just football purposes but you know just for humanity in general um, this whole thing is crazy we've never really experienced anything like this and it, it's like we're, we're at war or something it's it, right. it's crazy yeah it's just what, it's, what it's, it's very draining it's very it's yeah. a very draining process and even as someone who's not like a doctor or on the front lines you know it's right, just right. A, it's taking a big mental drain and i yeah. i'm i'm even speaking as someone who who can go outside really you're locked inside for like the next <laughs> few days so um yeah I, I just hope that uh all you guys out there you're you're staying sane uh trying to keep a little bit busy and uh, staying positive that's a that's all we can really hope for um if you guys like what you heard please give us a follow give us a like if you wanted to give us a shout out follow us on our on our twitter page at rcr underscore podcast we'll get right back to you uh and thank you guys all for listening as always and we'll see you next time